So we are creating a whole emotional wellness ecosystem, a one-stop shop for everything emotional wellness. And we are doing it without the use of drugs, alcohol, or marijuana. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Thank you for joining me for episode 197. Our very special guest today is Anita Kumari, the founder and chief strategist of Happiness Factors. Anita is an award-winning author, coach, and founder and chief strategist at Happiness Factors, a startup that creates an emotional wellness ecosystem. She is the recipient of Innovative Leader and Women of Influence Awards in 2020 and is passionate about spreading happiness globally. Anita is an abuse survivor who is passionate about empowering others and creating awareness about emotional wellness and is the author of Find Your Happy, a survivor's guide to happiness in spite of life's challenges. Anita Kumari, thank you so much for joining me on 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for inviting me. I'm honored thank- to be here. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm, I'm always excited to talk about happiness, and I have a feeling that we're going to talk about happiness over the next 20 minutes or so, because you've, you've had a, a fabulous career at so many wonderful companies as a senior a human resource, right? You were at, 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 West, at, at, at Kaiser and Google and yeah. Verifone and at, at different other companies that we won't go into detail here, but then you've transitioned into happiness and mental health. And you've written a book, Find Your Happy, which you've just shown me a second ago. Maybe you can show it again in a second. Uh, Beautiful. And one of the things you told me that you're really passionate about is the space of mental health and limiting beliefs and how to go beyond those limiting beliefs. So Anita, enough from me. Uh, I want to hear about you a little bit and about your journey. Yeah, so I used to be in a high-tech corporate career throughout my life. And then life threw me a few curveballs and I had to learn how to throw aces and not give in. And that was the point in my life when I started going into emotional development and uh, self-growth and started doing courses like Landmark, Tony Robbins, Oprah, Deepak Chopra, and uh, meditation and yoga and all that stuff. And because when I was going through stuff, I was in a very abusive relationship at that point in my time. And because of my cultural background, I wasn't willing to leave, even though everyone around me was telling me to leave. Like every weekend, like uh, other people used to say, oh, Friday, everyone is happy that they have a weekend. Why are you so scared? But I was scared to be alone in home with him, right? Uh, Because I didn't know what was going to happen because he had already tried to kill me like three times. And Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Okay, I'm sorry, Nita. Before we move on, I'd love to hear a little bit more because obviously the second part of this journey is going to be a wonderful one about how you're empowering other women now and you're inspiring other women. But but as long as you feel comfortable, I'd love to to understand a little bit more about what happened there and, and, and and how you broke free of that. Sure. So let me give you a little bit of a background of how I even ended up with him. So because I'm from India and I've grown up in a very sheltered and uh, nice family atmosphere. So basically, if someone will say something, I would trust them, right? And I met uh, this guy who was my friend and I was very young and he told me he will kill himself if I don't marry him. And now I know that's crazy. But that time I thought he loved me. That's why. He's, uh, and I thought, anyway, I have to have a arranged marriage. Why not marry him? Because he loves me so much. So I got married pretty young and came here. and uh, and. Then I did my MBA. Where, where, where is this in the world, by the way? Oh, this, I met him in India. 
But uh, we came here uh, as soon as we decided to get married because my parents wouldn't approve, his parents wouldn't approve, and we were very young. Wow. Yeah. And I had finished only my undergrad at that time. And I came here, and I think for one year the fairy tale lasted. But after that, uh, I joined a job. I started getting very successful. And even from my first job, I don't know why people started putting me with the VPs and stuff, even though I was like scared that time, right? I was like a very junior person. But someone, they saw like leadership qualities. And so every time I would have a meeting, he would try to sabotage it. I started doing MBA and got into Dean Scholar list. And uh, that was like every time something like that would happen, that time he would get more abusive. And so so, so when you say yeah. abusive, just to clarify, that is obviously the emotional abuse and, and yeah. feeling a burden. And the, and the physical abuse both. But every time, uh, once or twice, I had gotten like mad that I'll uh, go and tell someone and then he would start crying and then I would feel sorry for him. So I wouldn't usually tell someone. But what happened is I'm a very happy person. I started totally losing myself in the sense I wouldn't even smile. And people who knew us, like who were common from our common school, they used to say, what did you do to her? She doesn't even smile anymore. She used to laugh so much. But anyway, I didn't think any of it. I just thought if I change myself more, because he didn't like me doing anything which got me any recognition. So I stopped writing poetry. I stopped being on stage. I stopped uh, uh, pretty much talking to people. And I was got so underconfident that if someone would so much as say hello to me, I would start crying, right? And I wouldn't wow. drive on freeways. I wouldn't even like go to a grocery store alone. And uh, And the people who know me then, they say that I always used to walk like with my head down which I don't, don't, didn't realize because I was the one doing it, right? And I used to think of it, it's my fault. Like if I do this different, that different, it might change. And, um, but nothing changed. And then because I used to go to the, my doctor for everything he did, she referred me to a therapist who told me I should leave while I still can in one piece. And wow, still is that, that's what she said. She said you should leave while you still can in one piece. Yes, because she said with his demeanor, he can even like break your hands and legs if you tell him you will leave and then pretend to take care of him. So, but I didn't understand that time. So that was my foray into a mental health because, so, I mean, finally I had a miscarriage because of him and uh, I even was scared if I go into, like I was uh, hiking in Santa Cruz mountains and on, took me to like very deserted place where there was no one. And on top of the hill, like uh, he was like getting one of his moods and and I was thinking, if he pushes me right now, no one will ever know what happened to me, right? And that was my, I think, wake-up call a little bit. And another was a miscarriage. And then I just uh, decided to leave. And I just left with like a few clothes and few shoes. But uh, um, after I left, he was, and I took a restraining order, but he was able to emotionally manipulate me to feel guilty of leaving him and made me sign a power of attorney. Pretty much he kept everything. So anyway, so I started my life from ground zero. And, what, and so just for just for context, you're starting your life again at ground zero. First of all, uh, I, I can't even believe uh, what, what I'm hearing. And so I, I'm, I'm extremely inspired by, by the next thing that we're going to talk about, uh, because you, you took that adversity and you're, and you're channeling that through to empower other women and other people around the world. But before that, explain, give me the context. So, so when you leave with, with a bag of clothes and some shoes, how old are you? Where are you in the U.S.? What are you doing during that time? Yeah, so I, I I was out of a job at that time, so I didn't want to leave, but it was so bad that I could not stay. 
And right. so I had a friend who said, okay, you can. My therapist also told me don't live alone because he's going to come after you. So I had a friend. So I decided to, they said that I can stay in their house for a little bit. So wow. I just uh, picked up some clothes. I decided to, uh, I went with them and uh, started living there. And uh, and didn't tell anyone where I was because otherwise he would come and he was trying to like get me back. But my therapist told me don't go back because you won't be alive then. Because now he knows that you can leave, right? Because anytime I would say I will leave, if you do, if when he was misbehaving or abusing, then he would say, if you try to leave, I'll kill you and kill myself. So I thought it was that way. But the thing is, um, uh, I mean, if you have heard of severe narcissistic, psychotic person, I think he was one of that. So, so he knew like, see how he can manipulate me because he knew me from my childhood. I had no support system here. And because I was only allowed to be friends with his friends wife kind of thing. So, but still I had some colleagues and some people who I think got sent to help me. And, uh, and then I found, then I joined a job within, I think a few weeks of moving out. And so I started saving money. And meanwhile, you know, like in, I know in California, it's community property. I even like my therapist had referred me an attorney and I thought I'll hire him. But he found out and he convinced me that attorneys take all the money. So I should not have any attorney. So I, didn't have any attorney and he had two in the background and so basically he was able to threaten wow. me and uh, to like sign up and uh, make me feel guilty enough for me to give him the power of attorney i have to ask the parents yeah. back home in india your community yeah. back home in india are they a part of the picture at this point are they involved no, in any no. way no they are not because my family is very simple like if you tell them he did this he'll say oh let me let us talk to him he will get better right because they don't know anyone can be that bad that psychotic and they're too far away but so i have to I, say so yeah. i understand that the, that 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 mindset but i have to because you know in the last few months i've been hearing constantly but there are so many stories that have come up of yeah. domestic abuse and domestic violence yeah. not just in the us but around the world uh-huh. that you know hearing it firsthand now from your experience it just brings back brings up all these emotions of, uh-huh. of reading all these of the all these articles uh so I can't even imagine what it's like going through that. You know, it was really bad. Believe me, I didn't even know I will survive that year because I'd never lived alone in my house, in my life. I was in a foreign country with no support system, no money. And uh, even after I moved out to a, that friend's place, as, as soon as I found job, right? So like I had no furniture. I slept on the floor till I was able to buy my furniture. And I had a friend who gave me one glass, one tumbler, one plate. Some uh, like, uh, because I cook a lot at home. So some rice, some lentil, like everything. So she was like an angel for me, even though I didn't know her that well. And, but she realized it, right? Because she's an older woman. And uh, so uh, it took me, I think, a month or something or more to get the furniture, buy, buy something, then gradually buy my utensils. Now I have everything. And I'm proud to say it's all my made. <laughs> it's, uh, it doesn't belong to anyone else. 100% my hard work. And uh, and during this course, I kept on doing all the self-development because, you know, it takes a long time to heal. So I wasn't willing to go into any relationship. I wasn't willing to date anyone. I wasn't willing to trust any guy because of I wasn't healed. Right. So I'm glad that I went through all this uh, trainings to really heal and not just really heal. My therapist then started trying to put me on an antidepressant. And I know the side effects. So I decided I'm not going to take it. I'll start every day with uh, a meditation, yoga, and some Zumba class or kickboxing, like something which is very like untoward of uh, the person I was that time. 
So that gradually got me out of my comfort zone. And in order for me to really be able to even trust or be like next to a guy again, because I, I mean, when you are really hurt, you are like, basically you think everyone is the same, right? Even though it's a small sample, one person. So I started taking salsa lessons where you have to dance with a guy, right? A partner. Yeah. And that, I love salsa. Yeah. Thank you. Me too. And dancing is very great. I think that was also, so that gradually get, got me out of that, um, I would say, uh, out of that fear. I mean, apart from my, apart from my, uh, my self-development and, uh, and then I realized so many of my friends, for even if like real things like this are happening, sometimes they are not able to get out of it. And sometimes uh, they don't talk about it or they uh, feel ashamed. Like I used to feel ashamed before. Now I am empowered, right, with this story. But, um, and also I used to, like, I wouldn't even dare to, like, uh, dress up or things like that because always he would be very, very crazy about it, right? I'm and sure. then, yeah. So right now I feel that uh, all mental issues can be resolved with uh, natural mental exercises or hypnotherapy and psychology and without medication too. I mean, of course, some people who are totally extreme, then they need the medication at that time. But most of the things like anxiety, stress, worry, panic attacks, OCD, moodiness, and uh, not feeling enough, not feeling love. Those things are uh, self-esteem. They are, all can be resolved. And like I have resolved, and you see my me, a living example from where, if you see my pictures there, I look like 15 years older than I look right now. <laughs> wow. Wow. And, yeah. So, so I'd, love to, I'd love to talk about that transition because now you're doing such wonderful things with the new startup happiness factor. And, uh, and I'll, I'll, we'll say now and later, but, but you have also open positions for interns that, that, I, that I'd, love to, I'd love to tell a lot of my friends about because it sounds like a wonderful opportunity. But you also wrote the book, Find Your Happy. Talk to me about, talk to me about this journey in writing this book and, and what led to that. Yeah. So people knew me as a high-tech HR person because that was my background. So I, changed, I wanted them to think of me as a happiness and emotional wellness expert. And then people told me, oh, it will take one year to write a book. I didn't have one year because I wanted to create the branding. I said, I'll write it in one month. And everyone laughed at me. But when I'm dedicated, I'm really dedicated. For one month, I slept for four hours. I found uh, 10 or 20 people to interview because I only wanted to write about real life stories. So I interviewed wow. someone who had killed someone with six bullets, was incarcerated for life, but how meditation changed his life. And now he's out, he has a wife and a kid. Then I interviewed someone now who had survived breast cancer and she's also thriving. She's a good friend of mine. Then someone who had gone through debilitating accidents or very bad divorces, so much so like I have a friend who lost everything in the divorce and still is fighting custody for his kid. And uh, then um, people who have gone through abuse, people who have gone through, of course, the abuse has some part of my story too, though he doesn't have my name. And then uh, someone who has, uh, who was raped when he was eight years old and uh, he never told anyone. And finally I covered his story. And now they found out that the same guy under the pretext of helping those uh, young kids, because they were from a very poor family, very like a big family, like 17, 18 brothers, sisters, parents didn't have enough to feed in Chicago. And, and that guy used to tell the parents that I will give these kids like some uh, work to stash shoe boxes because he had a shoe shop and he used to rape them behind. Oh and the kids didn't know they were raped. And so this uh, actually story has given me the maximum kudos because many people write to me that reading that they don't feel ashamed and they got a closure. Because people feel ashamed, right? Even if it's not their fault. 
because and that's what I think the perpetrators always take advantage of when you are too gullible and too innocent and <laughs> you believe everything they say, right? If, especially if you don't have a support system or if you don't know what's going on. So all the uh, 10 stories in my book are real stories of real life people. And I, at the end of the each chapter, I've given how they have overcome and are thriving in life. So why can't you who have so much going on? Because many times when I coach people, one-on-one, they say, oh, it's easy for you to say because you never had anything bad. They don't know my background, right? So they think right now I'm ha- look happy. So I must have everything going so good for me all the time. Right. And uh, so then I wanted them to see that, uh, no, not everyone has it going good all the time. The people who are really successful are the ones who make the best of what's happening and come out, learn enough from that experience and come out a winner. Unbelievable. Wow. Okay. That's uh, truly inspiring. And again, a lot of people can talk about, you know, mental wellness and happiness. A lot of these people are coming from, you know, from from solid backgrounds, Mm -hmm. from okay upbringings, but the adversity that you that you went through, uh, and the emotional strifes that you went through, I think is just inspiring that you're channeling that towards helping others. And so in the last few minutes that we have, I'd love to to learn about the happiness factor and, and what you're doing with that startup, because you decided to leave the traditional tech world and the positions that you've held before with human resources, and now you've transitioned into the startup. So talk to me about that. Yeah, so I started my startup happiness factors three years ago. And that time when I started, even though I have some very good mentors, like my some of my ex-VPs joined, some of the very Famous Fortune 500 people are, are on my board, as well as quite a few doctors and NLP practitioners and hypnotherapists. And so initially when I started, I had a few mentors and they told me, who will pay for happiness, right? People think happiness should come free. And now everyone tells me you are in the right place, right time. <laughs> so I think I saw it much before others did, right? So that time I started and then I wanted to develop an app that time when I started. and But still like... Uh, I did my research on Headspace, on Calm, and all others available. And I found uh, what's uh, not working because many of my friends, the companies buy those apps for them, but they don't use it because they don't find it interesting enough. So I decided to do a different uh, uh, like way. So I made it more gamified and more interesting and more targeted towards the millennials. And it's I made sure that the, all the background is very happy <laughs> and uh, people can relate to it. And so right now it's still getting developed and uh, the app is just a very small part. So I'm doing the whole ecosystem. So we have coaches on site where we coach people on anxiety, on um, on whatever problem they come up with. Because first session is always free. That's called the strategy session where we decide if it's a good fit for us or them or not. If not, I'll refer them for, to someone else. If it's a good fit, then we will take it on on happiness factors and either it will be me or someone else who will be coaching them. We also do lots of keynotes at different companies. Actually, I did one on mental health at ServiceNow just two days ago, which went pretty well. And I'm sure I'll be called back to do another bigger session because many people were talking about that. Then um, I do lots of workshops and trainings. Right now, everything is, of course, on Zoom, but I love to do uh, in person. And I have done like right from one day to half day to two days at different uh, companies and mostly high tech because that's my background. But, you know, mental health is universally applicable. It doesn't have to be limited to high tech. And I, and I also did some talks for some high schools and some um, colleges here too. And I got called to do one at uh, the Cupertino High, but uh, it got postponed because of COVID again. And they, want to, they were saying that uh, mental health is so important for these teenagers who are working so hard to get into a good school. And the stress sometimes gets to them, right? 
So how to manage that and not get angry? So we are creating a whole emotional wellness ecosystem, a one-stop shop for everything emotional wellness. And we are doing it without the use of drugs, alcohol, or marijuana. So that's my tagline, that we not just help you get happiness, but sustain it without drugs, alcohol, or marijuana. And we are combining the Eastern methodologies of Ayurveda, yoga, Vedic teachings, Sanatan Dharma, and uh, with the Western psychology, hypnotherapy, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, MER, energy healing, and creating unique solutions which not just take care of the symptoms of mental health issues, but they get rid of the root cause so that people can live a happy and fulfilled life for as long as they want. Anita. Thank you for this. Thank you for the wonderful work that you're doing and for and for helping others around the world. Before we leave, uh, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time as well. And I'd love to hear three words that you would use to describe yourself. I would say unstoppable, resilient, confident. Anita, I thank you. I myself a tiny beam of light. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you very, very much. Uh, stay you. safe and stealthy. And I look forward to maintaining in touch. Thank you for everything. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. You too. 